first reading this morning from the Old Testament is from Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 25, and commencing at verse 8. That's Leviticus chapter 25, commencing at verse 8, and page 120 in the Pew Bible. The year of Jubilee. You shall count off seven weeks of years, seven times seven years, so that the period of seven weeks of years gives 49 years. Then you shall have the trumpet sounded loud on the 10th day of the seven month of the Day of Atonement. You shall have the trumpet sounded throughout all your land. And you, shall, and you shall hallow the 50th year, and you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. You shall return, every one of you, to your property, and every one of you to your family. That 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. You shall not sow or reap the aftergrowth or harvest the unpruned vines. For it is a jubilee, it shall be holy to you. You shall eat only what the field itself produces. In this year of jubilee, you shall return every, every one of you to your property. When you make a sale to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not cheat one another. When you buy from your neighbor, you shall pay only for the number of years since the Jubilee. The sellers shall charge you only for the remaining crop years. If the years are more, you shall increase the price. And if the years are fewer, you shall diminish the price. For it is a certain number of harvests that are being sold to you. You shall not cheat one another but you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord, your God. You shall observe my statutes and faithfully keep my ordinances so that you may live securely on this land. Amen. And the second reading is from Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 4. Commencing at verse 1, reading down to verse 20, and it's on page 65 of the Pew Bible. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. <coughs> Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all their authority, for it has been given over to me, 
and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogue and praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim this year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, speak to our hearts and minds this morning as we wrestle with your word. Speak to our hearts and minds this morning as we engage with the living word. And may that which remains alive be embodied within our hearts and minds so that we too become, remain a living witness for Christ, the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Among the many disappointing things that have appeared, might I suggest, during the Brexit conversations and the Brexit process, relates to the many, parli- relates to the many parliamentarians who have sought to utilize this process and these conversations to further 
visualize their reputations, to excel themselves within the political landscape. In other words, quite frankly, to utilize their power to their own advantage. Clearly that does not apply to all. Don't misunderstand me, but sadly it does apply to many. Christ, as far as Luke was concerned, was very, very different. For when he, according to Luke, was being challenged to compromise his divinity and to compromise his, his, his identity and to utilize his power to his advantage, on each occasion he said no. You will obviously notice that each of the temptations referenced are inextricably linked to power. As Satan sought to cajole and encourage the Christ God to utilize his power for himself, for his own advantage and for his own visibility. And on each occasion, Christ said no. You will also observe Luke's constant referencing of the Spirit of God. So, for example, in chapter 4, verse 1, we read, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the, led by the, Spirit into the wilderness. There are, of course, many ways in which this particular phraseology can be justifiably interpreted. But I interpret it as the fact that often in spaces where exploitation is rife and where persons are using their power to oppress and marginalize and disenfranchise individuals, communities, and nations. Even in that space, in those experiences, the Spirit of God is present. Thus, when you look at it globally, one can justifiably argue, and rightly so, that the Spirit of God is in a Palestine Israel where exploitation is rife and dominant. The Spirit of God is in a space such as Nigeria, which is where my parents come from, during the elections or elections to be where exploitation can also be dominant. The Spirit of God remains in a, in a northern Libya where people's images are exploited and sadly used. But the same Spirit of God is also with us in the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in, sometimes exploited by people who have a huge amount of power, whereby we as people of God, our power, our agency, 
is so redundant, we have nowhere to hide or nowhere to run to. When we find ourselves in situations like that, be mindful of the fact that the redemptive, creative spirit of God is present, not just globally, but with you as persons. It was, according to Luke, this spirit that was also with Christ when Christ was in Nazareth, his hometown. Luke tells the story exceedingly well, the storyteller. And he reminds us that when Jesus was in the synagogue, he was given a scroll, scroll from Isaiah 61. And it was a scroll that Christ, the son of Joseph, subsequently read. The words that he, Christ, read embodied and personified who Christ was. They reflected his priorities. Indeed, the words articulated by Isaiah became the manifesto of Christ. These words, and within this particular context, we see as far as Isaiah is concerned, a Christ who was not using his power to advantage himself, which is what Satan wanted him to do, but we see a Christ who was using his agency, his resource, and his power to bring good news to the poor to bring freedom to the prisoner, to bring recovery to the blind, to bring freedom to the oppressed. And so therefore we see a difference. When Christ was in the wilderness, we see a Satan that was tempting him to utilize his power to his own advantage. And yet when Christ was in Nazareth, we see a Christ that spoke of himself through Isaiah, a Christ who utilized his power and his resources to advantage other people to advantage the marginalized, the disenfranchised, the poor and the weak. This is who Christ was. And all this activity, according to Luke, is rooted in jubilee. Jubilee, which speaks of every 49 or every 50 years, we're not too sure, where, where Yahweh rolls out his justice heart 
to the people of God. Thus ensuring, within a particular epoch in history, that those who were straddled by debt no longer have debts. That those who were enslaved are now free. And those who had no property to speak of were given property. This obviously has a theological resonance as well as a practical resonance. The theological resonance being that Jubilee demonstrates the fact that Yahweh is totally and unequivocally committed to those who are on the margins of society. That as a God, he walks with them, he sojourns with the vulnerable and the weak. He understands their groaning and their pain. He listens to their discomfort. He is there in their space, in their midst, seeking to empower and enable them as people. God is there. And yet at the same time, Jubilee also has a practical resonance, as well to a degree as a theological and that is where justice principles are applied. As in the case of a jubilee, there remains the opportunity for human flourishing. And yet, conversely, where justice principles are not applied, there is a stronger possibility for human beings created in the image of God not to flourish. Observe again how Luke uses the term Spirit of God. With Christ, as we have already established, in the wilderness, a spirit that therefore remains with people who are experiencing exploitation. But a spirit too who also was upon Christ when he articulated his manifesto, his priorities when he was in the synagogue, which might also suggest, well, actually does suggest that the same spirit remains with those who action justice, who are committed to justice, just like a Bloomsbury Baptist Church. So how do we as individuals and also as a collective how are we called to use our agency, our power, which we have, some of us, in abundance? Some, not all. Beginning with the individual, my, my wife and I, we use our agency, our resource, by virtue of the fact that we are foster carers. And so we have numerous foster children that we look after. At the moment, we have a young boy. He's 10 years of age. His parents come from Oxford. 
and he is with us hopefully for a long time to come and this is something that my wife and I and son do on a regular basis. We are totally committed to those on the margins of society. That's how we, as a family, utilize our power, our privilege, our agency. We roll out jubilee to those in the care system. I think I understand where that comes from, from a psychological perspective, because I, when I was growing up, was also in care. So in one sense, this is my way of not just giving back, but my way of seeking to redeem something of what was a very painful past. How then do we, as families, as individuals, how do you, members, worshippers in Bloomsbury Baptist Church, utilize your privilege, your resource, your power. How do you do that? How do you demonstrate, as it were, the equivalent of jubilee? But also, how do you as a church, God's new single humanity, God's gathered people, how do you do it collectively? How do you demonstrate jubilee? As a collective force, full of resource to a degree and privilege to a degree and power to a degree, how do you engage with those beyond your doors? who have little, many who have nothing, many who are disenfranchised and marginalized and vulnerable. How do you, like Christ, utilize your power to their advantage? This is Chapter 4, read so beautifully by Martin, a magnificent story about Christ in the wilderness, where he was tempted to utilize his divinity for his own advantage. Christ in the synagogue, where indeed he speaks indirectly about how he was going to utilize his power to the, for the enabling and advantage of others. And as we continue to read Luke's gospel, we see indeed how he was able to put it into action and effect. Question to Bloomsbury this morning is how will you continue to use your privilege and your advantages to help the poor, the weak, and the marginalized. It's a journey that you have, as I understand it, embarked upon, and a positive one, as I understand it, at that.
very positive one. May God enable you by the help of the Spirit of God, Luke's favorite word, to continue and continue and continue to use your agency for others. Because that's why you're here. Not for yourselves, but for others. We pray together. Lord, help us not to be silent in the face of injustice. We are hurt and disappointed to hear that India's Catholics say there is a culture of fear and silence in the Catholic Church about sexual abuse by priests. And we pray, therefore, for the many people in India's Catholic churches that have been abused by priests. May they find people to speak to, and in so doing, may their silence be shattered. Listen, we pray, O oh God, to their groaning as they face bondage. And we pray that your spirit will provide them with some healing and some restoration and some peace. Lord, help us not to be silent in the face of injustice. We pray today for Shamina Bagum. In this very complex situation, we pray for justice and goodness to prevail over evil and hate. For her newborn child caught up in political mayhem and potentially destined to a life of pain and misery, we pray for this child's protection and for light to prevail in the midst of darkness. To for Shamana and two for her family. We on this side of the fence have no idea what they as a family are going through. But we ask that the Spirit of God will travel with them, comfort them, and provide light and wisdom. Lord, help us not to be silent in the face of injustice. And I pray, therefore, for this wonderful church, Bloomsbury Baptist Church. In the midst of their pressure, may they remain strong. In the face of complex 
theological challenges, may they remain resolute. In the midst of challenge, may they know the presence of Christ. And may they as a church remain strong to their convictions and calling, not remaining silent in the face of justice, injustice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.